0: Reclaim Your Power, Inspiration and Reflections for Before, During and After Childbirth, a podcast about birth, getting in touch with our bodies and talking about things that aren't often discussed or that you may not find in mainstream sources of information, a podcast to transform the way you plan for and approach birth, moving from fear and uncertainty to empowerment and inspiration. My name is Fungi Sai, which means to remind, and that's what I aim to do here. Remind you that the power lies within you and that it all starts with you. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about falling in love, because, well, that probably already happened. That's old news. That's how this baby came to be made in the first place. Well, no, actually, I'm talking about falling in love with your baby. Episode 10 ended with the entry of your baby into the world, the moment you and your partner had been waiting for. All that hard work you'd put into carrying your baby, going through the challenge of labor, and finally the grand finale your little person out in the world ready to meet you. And you are so ready to meet him or her. That moment when you either scoop your baby into your arms yourself, or your midwife lays your baby into your arms. And you gaze into his or her eyes, magic. You look at that tiny, perfect miracle that has been incubated in your body, and usually there are tears of joy. As a doula, I always, definitely, always had a little cry, and of course, there was also the relief: the baby is here safely, and you are both okay. This moment is significant, and it's the beginning of a whole new stage. Whether this is your first baby or your fourth, it's still special. Each new life coming into the world is a blessing, a gift, and at this moment, we're all thankful. But is this all? Baby's out? Now we get on with it? No. This is yet another important moment, a time that has implications for both your relationship with your baby, what is called attachment, and your baby's health. So today, I'll reflect on what's called the third stage of labour, the delivery of the placenta and the significance of this third stage. Once you're holding your baby, you don't usually pay much attention to what's happening down there. The main event is over, your baby is safely in the world. Yes, there is a placenta to be delivered, but that's no big deal. You're there, filled with love, gazing at this miracle in your arms, So is there any need to think any more about what's happening in you and your baby's bodies at this time? Are there any things you need to consider? Any choices you should make? Anything well worth including in your birth plan? Well, yes. First of all, a little about the placenta. This organ is a vital part of the pregnancy and birth process and has been with you and your baby throughout, nourishing and keeping harmful substances away from your baby it provides oxygen, it processes the nutrition that comes through the mother's blood supply and passes it on to the baby. The placenta develops very early on in pregnancy and your baby is dependent on it. Amazingly, the placenta prevents the mother and the baby's blood from mixing and it also prevents the mother's immune system from attacking this foreign body, your baby, that's growing inside it. When we think about morning sickness, This is another way to protect the baby from the substances that the mother takes into her body that could be harmful. So sometimes you'll find that certain foods make you feel really ill or really nauseous. I remember at the time of my first pregnancy, I used to smoke. But once I got pregnant, I couldn't stand cigarettes or the smell of cigarette smoke. It made my nausea even worse. This was because the placenta was producing hormones to protect my baby from toxins as a lot of the crucial development of the baby happens in the first three months. It's important that toxins that may harm your baby are kept out and the placenta acts as a barrier and a protector. So in my case, I stopped smoking throughout my whole pregnancy. Aren't our bodies amazing? So if you're experiencing morning sickness, take comfort in this knowledge that your body is working as it should to keep your little one safe. It's not just making you nauseous for fun. Hang in there. It will get better around the end of the first trimester. The placenta can relax a bit and not be on such high alert because the vital organs in the baby have been formed. The placenta keeps a lot of the things that could harm your baby out as well as keeping the baby nourished and safe. It makes sure that even if you're not eating the best food, your baby gets whatever nourishment from your body and passes it on to the baby. It's another wonder in our body. In Western cultures, we hardly pay attention to this wondrous organ. But in many traditional cultures, where they are still in touch with the sacredness of birth and the things we threw away with so-called civilization, they know the value of the placenta. They have rituals dedicated to the burial or disposal of this organ, and they honor it. I didn't pay much attention to the placenta in my first birth. I knew I had a few contractions once my son was born and then the midwives proceeded to push on my stomach to make sure everything was out. There was a lot of poking and prodding down there and pressing on my stomach. It was extremely painful. They wanted to make sure everything was cleaned out or so they said. From what I know now, this wasn't necessary but since I didn't know any better, I gritted my teeth and didn't question them. After our second son was born, I cuddled him for a bit, a little bit more about that later, And then I was asked to get out of the pool to birth the placenta. I got out of the pool. I then had another contraction and the midwives made me sit on a bucket we had for that purpose. And along with the contraction, which wasn't particularly painful, the placenta slid out. Now, because I was home and sitting on the bucket, I got the opportunity to see the placenta. It was huge, quite an impressive specimen. The midwives then checked it to make sure that it was intact and that no bits had been left behind. But I assume because I sat on the bucket to birth the placenta, so I was upright, everything came out. We even took photos of the placenta. We were so impressed. It's a very interesting organ. Looks a bit like a huge piece of liver. With our daughter, I was out of the pool again. But this time, because I was holding her, I laid down to birth the placenta. And it came out easily after a while. This time, the midwife did have to check me to make sure all was out because our daughter's placenta was quite thin and showed some signs of degeneration, so she was born on time. The midwife was very careful to check it thoroughly to make sure nothing was left inside me, as this can cause infection. So what happens during the third stage? Once the baby's out, the body continues to produce hormones. As you gaze at your baby and are filled with love, oxytocin is flowing freely through your body and your uterus continues to contract strongly. These contractions cause the placenta to peel away from the wall of your uterus so it can be pushed out. As the placenta is pushed out, the uterus continues to contract. Remember it has stretched quite a bit to accommodate your baby and now it must return to its original size, which is about the size of a pear. Another vital function of the hormone oxytocin at this point is that the contractions also cause the blood vessels that were linking the mother's uterus to the placenta to close. This is really important because I'm sure you've heard about something called postpartum bleeding, when there is excessive bleeding after birth, which can be very dangerous to the mother. Now here, mother nature has everything organized. You hold your baby, falling in love with him or her, your primal brain releases loads of oxytocin, the uterus contracts strongly, the blood vessels are sealed off, and you're safe. This is in a situation where you get the chance to hold your baby, where you feel safe and secure, and you are given the time to let the hormones flow. In cases where there's been medical intervention, things may not work as well. You may be rushed, you may not get the chance to hold your baby if there's a medical emergency. If you have been cut, you may be separated from your baby soon after birth so you can be taken to the theatre to get sewn up. Of course there is medication that can be given to mimic the hormones that cause the uterus to contract and these have saved many women's lives. But as Sarah Buckley writes, if there is fear in the birth space or anxiety, the fight or flight hormones will be released instead of oxytocin and these block it, which means your uterus will not contract as strongly as it should and there will be more bleeding. This is why it's so important to be aware of what is happening in your body during these stages. If there is no medical emergency, the mother and baby and the partner should be left in peace at this time to bond, to let the hormones flow. Two things can be done to help this process. Facilitating skin-to-skin contact between mother and baby, and letting the baby find the breast and begin to suckle. Both these actions result in the flow of oxytocin. In Norway, from my experience as a doula, when there has been no emergency, they are very good at letting the mother and baby have skin-to-skin contact and giving them that space to just cuddle and say hi to each other. With my first client, she had a medically managed birth, but after her son was born, she was given a bit of time to cuddle him skin-to-skin and to deliver the placenta before she was taken away to the theatre to get sewn up. The father and I were left with the baby and he was told to hold his son to his chest skin to skin and that was lovely to see after a somewhat traumatic experience for us all. With my home birth babies I had skin to skin with both of them but my second son I had to hand him over to his father once I delivered the placenta and then he held him skin to skin while I was being checked and cleaned up. With our daughter she never left my arms And when I got out of the pool and lay down to wait for the placenta to come out, I held her by my side and let her find my breast. And she did. She nuzzled around, found my nipple, latched on and began to suck. It was absolutely amazing. Such a clever girl. I was flooded with love and joy and the contractions came nice and strong and the placenta easily came out. Cutting the cord is another issue we don't think much about. The umbilical cord is where the baby is attached to the placenta, so all the nutrients flow to the baby through it, and the waste from the baby flows through the cord to the placenta into the mother's blood for disposal. We are so intricately linked. Usually, what you see in the movies is that the baby is born and the cord is cut immediately. This is another issue to consider. While the placenta and the baby are attached to each other, blood is still flowing the baby is still receiving nourishment from this organ. It's best that the umbilical cord is not cut until the blood flow has stopped and the cord is white, showing that the baby gets all the nutrient-rich blood from the placenta that he or she is meant to get along with all the benefits this brings. When your baby is born, he or she has to adjust to breathing on their own, which is a new experience as they've been receiving oxygen through the placenta when they're inside your, your uterus. So allowing the cord to remain pulsing and the blood flow to continue gives the baby time to adjust to the external environment and protects him or her from the stress of acclimatizing to a cold new world after being squeezed on and off for hours. If the baby is then lying in a warm room, skin to skin with its mother, then they are even more protected. Not only does the blood from the placenta contain enough oxygen to help if the baby has had any breathing problems, it's also rich in iron, which if allowed to fully drain into the baby or infuse into the baby's body, provides a month's supply. This blood also contains stem cells, which will later develop into new blood and immune cells, so it gives your baby a good start in life. Sarah Buckley's book, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, describes all this very well and in detail, and is definitely worth reading. It's well worth understanding the importance of the stage of birth and just how much is still happening, and to remember that, as far as possible, keeping your baby close and letting nature take its course instead of trying to rush things along is the best policy. So now your baby is safe and warm in your arms, lying skin to skin under warm covers, there is a glow of happiness as you all get to know each other in a calm and quiet environment use this time for your family to get acquainted. In our social media controlled environments, there's always the frenzy to take photographs and post to Facebook, Instagram or whatever your social media of choice is. There is plenty of time for this later. Use these precious early hours when you're together before your partner gets sent home if you're in hospital to just enjoy that sacred time together and admire your new baby. For your partner, to admire the awesomeness of the mother of his or her child and the great job she has done bringing your little one safely into the world. Now, of course, we all know that there can be complications and difficulties. So if you're not available to do these things, then your partner is a good surrogate and can keep your baby warm and close until you are ready to be with him or her again. So don't worry or despair. You'll have time together soon. Sometimes you need to be taken care of first so that you're in a good state to care for your baby. If for some reason your baby is the one that needs extra care, then again, keep in mind that the people looking after him or her are the best at what they do. They will keep you as close as possible, where possible, and if not, then once your baby has received the care he or she needs, you will have the chance to keep them close. Skin-to-skin can be done when you get home, if you miss out on that early contact due to some emergency, so you can catch up and still have those loving moments. When all goes as it should, it's important to understand that skin-to-skin contact is not just a fad, but actually plays an important role in attachment, in your helpless newborn getting to know who you are, your touch, your smell, because you are the centre of and will be the centre of their universe for at least the first year. Recently, we watched a video we took of our daughter when she was just a few weeks old. I was bathing her, and my husband was taking the video, and he kept trying to get her attention. She would look at him for about a second, following the sound of his voice, but then would quickly come back to look at me. It was quite interesting how expression changed when she looked at me. There was that recognition that this is my mummy, the one who gave birth to me, the one who feeds me, the centre of my universe. This does not minimise the role of the other parent, but at this stage, especially when breastfeeding, this attachment is vital for survival. It's instinctive, like with any baby mammal. They need their mothers for protection and nourishment. This connection, this love affair that began during pregnancy, continues and grows after your baby is born. As far as your baby is concerned, you and her or him are the same person. You're an extension of each other. In many traditional cultures, the baby is kept close to the mother until he or she begins to walk, usually carried on the mother's back. And all this leads to secure attachment, which is vital, not only for baby's survival, but for the development of the baby's brain and for protection from stress. I have very briefly touched on aspects of the third stage of birth, a stage that should be treated with respect and gentleness, Where the mother and baby should be given time and space to let nature do its thing and time for them to enjoy the beginnings of their lifelong love affair. There's a lot of good information out there, so I suggest you do some research to help you understand what happens and why it happens, and also to gain better appreciation of how incredible our bodies are so we learn to trust them. My next episode will be about breastfeeding and the postpartum period. This is another interesting one for me because with all of my children, I found it really challenging. So I look forward to sharing and reflecting on this. I hope you will join me. If you found this podcast helpful, interesting, thought-provoking or even challenging, please share. I would also appreciate any comments or reviews. My podcast is now on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review. I'm always happy to hear what you think and to learn. Thank you for being here, for listening. This is Fungi Sai reminding you to reclaim your power.